Welcome to episode number 10. So from being a passionate vegan for four years and building an online brand around veganism, registered nutritionist and qualified personal trainer Sheridan Hauser jumped on the podcast today to share her journey in and out of veganism, as well as some info on vegan supplementation and where on earth vegans get their protein from. (laughs) So let's jump into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I'm really excited today to bring you the first ever How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast interview. And boy, you are in for a treat with the vibrant nutritionist and personal trainer, Sheridan Hauser, here in the studio to drop some plant-based knowledge. All right, welcome, Sheridan, to the show. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, I've just let the listeners know all about you and how amazing you are, but we've got a bunch of questions given your vegan journey. So, um, and, you know, as a nutritionist and a personal trainer, we're super interested in your perspective on this kind of stuff. So, I pretty much want to jump into it straight away. So, as a registered nutritionist and qualified personal trainer, um, you you went vegan before that journey, right? Yeah, I think I was like 18. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, no, sorry, 20. Yeah, so you're pretty, pretty young. Um, so, I guess my first question is uh, I was wondering what motivated you to become vegan at such a young age before your health education kind of happened because a lot of people, you know, go through their health education before they yeah. make those kind of decisions. So, what motivated you? Um, well, as a kid, I was always overweight. It's quite unhealthy. Massive sugar addiction. Overweight? I can't imagine you're overweight at all. I know a lot of people say that. Like I suppose now I live quite a active lifestyle, but I was quite overweight. I wouldn't say like obese, but I just had a bit of extra weight, didn't eat very well, had no connection to what I was putting in my body. And then obviously Instagram, Facebook, I started seeing women who didn't look like me. And I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, I, right. why don't I look like that? Um, I was well, always. How, how did they look different? Like, they just looked a lot better. Well, I suppose to me they looked thinner in bikinis and I was never confident. I used to hate the beach. I always felt safe at the beach but I used to always wear a top. And I was just like – I wasn't really ashamed of my weight until I turned 18. Yeah, so right. I always just thought that I was a happy, chubby little kid. My friends were a bit thinner but it never fazed me. Yeah. And then I suppose when I started going to university, I was like, okay, well, it's not just my bubble. I am different. Like I look different to other people. And I actually was studying event management at the time and I was obsessed with – that like a list of scene I wanted to become event manager so I could go to parties. Yeah, right. <laughs> really, I suppose eighteen year old dream. That sounds like, like an eighteen year old yeah, dream. I, like, I want to go to I parties. I think I had that dream. At and a lot of the girls <laughs> I suppose doing my course were very similar, but right. they were all thinner and they all to me looked what I suppose would looked better. I didn't even. It wasn't even for health reasons. It was for vanity reasons. I will be honest. Yeah. So I just started researching and I was like, this is weird. Like I must there must be foods that make you thinner. Yeah. So I started and I had no knowledge. Like. I, I love to cook, but I didn't really – I knew what a vegetable was, but I didn't know the benefits. Yeah, right. And I remember Googling like how to get thin via food and all that's you can – That's a good place to start. <laughs> I, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of people that – and you probably do too – that have taken a really negative path like, you know, bulimia yeah. or just starving themselves. So, the fact yeah. that you type that into Google I think is, you know, a reflection on where your head was at at that yeah, time. Yeah, well, I was actually – well, I wouldn't say lucky, but – it would just coincide that a lot of my friends from school went through eating disorders. Yeah, right. And I just knew that I loved food way too much. It wasn't for me and I don't care how thin they were. It just wasn't an option. Um, so, yeah, I started researching and I remember like all these like Michelle Bridges came up a lot, like a lot of like books, cookbooks, and then a lot of like fad diets came up. Yeah, right. And I just thought this is weird. Like I just 
I don't know what – so overwhelming. Yeah. And at that time, I think YouTube was just beginning and there was a lot of like young vegan girls posting about being fruititarian and raw vegan and they all had abs and they all had beautiful tan skin and I think I just wanted that image. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started doing a bit more research on veganism and I suppose – the benefits of fruit and vegetables. And then from there, it was massively a health thing for me. So I was like, okay, I'll get thinner, but I'll also like reduce my risk of disease. You know, yeah, like right. that kind of thing really appealed to me. And then I think that's where my health journey began. Before that, if you had said to me I'd be a nutritionist when I was 16, I would have laughed at your face. <laughs> if that involved having a can of Coke, maybe. But no, like it just yeah, was right. not my path. Yeah. So yeah, then I started doing a lot more research, reading articles, a lot of vegan doctors, and I just committed. That's I great. just yeah because I I know you and you're an all in or nothing kind of oh, person definitely. right definitely so I don't know if it's good or bad but yeah go hard or go home is a lot of my mottos in a lot of things especially yep. when I commit to a change yep I'm a bit perfectionist and I want to like achieve that goal so yeah I just went really I remember coming home and I was at work I actually worked at a bottle shop at the time yeah right how how appropriate <laughs> I know for the 18 year old dream it was very weird and I remember watching I think her name was a scene O'Neill on YouTube and I watched all like literally binge watched three hours of her vegan um recordings like video what's it called vlogs vlogs yeah yeah vlogs. and vlogs and then she had links to a few things about like hundred reasons you're vegan and there was another one a ted talk so i was like okay this is legit like people are doing this and they're thriving and i remember i went home and i was like mom i'm going vegan and she just stared at me she's like what you're gonna die do you know what you're doing <laughs> So then I was like, okay, that approach didn't work. And I'm like, I'm very close to my mum, so I wanted her. And you have a European background, right? My mum's English. My dad is German, so yeah. Yeah, right. So coming home and saying no meat. Yeah, mum was like, you're going to die. Like, she was genuinely concerned about me. And I was like, no, I'm not taking no for an answer, but I wanted her blessing. I don't know why. I was an adult. Uh, You know, we we, we all have that connection with our mothers. Yeah, and then I I was like, okay, well, how can I do it? So I actually got off a website. I think it was nutritionfacts.org, which yep. is done by a vegan doctor. Interesting. And yep. I actually downloaded all of their like protein because she was worried about protein. Of course. All the protein in plant, plant sources and all these articles I gave her. And I was like, I know it's overwhelming, mum, but read them. And if then you still want me vegan, I won't. Yeah. She was like, I don't want to read them. Like, I trust you. you do, it's fine. Like, you can do it. But can you please get blood tests every six months? And that actually was a really good thing because it helped me like keep track of my nutrients. Yeah. So right. long story short, that's exactly <laughs> why I went vegan. So I guess so. So that's kind of before that was all the reasons, sort of before your education. But did becoming a personal trainer or a nutritionist change your perception of the decision you had made, or or just reinforce it more? Like, what what kind of impact did that education have on your decisions? That's a really good question. Um, I suppose during my study, so I studied at Endeavour College doing natural medicine, which was nutrition dietetics, and a lot of the time I was very. I suppose not proud, but I was like, sure. I was like, I've made the right decision. Actually, really interesting. I was one of the only vegans in my cohort, which yeah, at right. a natural school you'd think is kind of yeah, that bizarre. is surprising. There were a few like below and above me, but there was only a handful of us, and I was so like proud of my decision. I was like, no, I've made the right choice. And then later on in my degree, yeah. when I experienced a bit more health issues, I kind of was like, okay, well, I need to rejig it a little bit, and I did. Like, I suppose going. I wasn't raw vegan, but predominantly fruit and vegetables. And it just wasn't sitting with me right anymore. So I, I say like the honeymoon phase of being vegan wore off really and, and quickly. And how, how long time-wise, how many years is the um, honeymoon phase for you? For me, it was like two years. Yeah, right. And then I slowly started feeling crap again. And then, so I forgot to say, when I was 18 as well, I had a lot of digestive issues, a classic IBS. They didn't know, like, I didn't take that for an answer. I was like, no, like, 
IBS means nothing. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm I also, young, I'm healthy. Yeah, I was diagnosed <laughs> with lactose intolerance. Yeah. So I was kind of avoiding dairy before going vegan anyway. But then these symptoms started coming back and my energy was dropping again. I had this weird, I went away and I had this weird rash. Yeah, right. And just all these weird things kept popping up and my health just, it wasn't like really bad, but things that I wasn't experiencing before going vegan, kind yep. of like re- recurring. And so then it went back to my books, also asked a few like teachers, lecturers, did yeah. more study. And I just realized that, you know, I had to rejig the macro and the micronutrients in my diet yeah, to right. kind of go back to where you were previously yeah. nutritionally. Yeah. With, 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 and did you make that decision based on trying to get those macro and micronutrients without animal sources? Yeah, like, I did. Yeah. So you stay, so at that point you were staying vegan. Yeah. But you were just sort of using different food sources. No, I was still 100% committed to the vegan game. It's so funny that you re- refer to <laughs> veganism like that because, as you know, there's so many jokes about vegans and, like, you know, if you meet a vegan, you'll know because they'll tell you. Because vegans are, are yeah. so, they're 100% I think 100% at the start in. it's normal. And you're passionate about your you're decisions. You're passionate. And I think I was actually talking to the other my friend who's vegetarian. You're overwhelmed with so much information. Yeah, right. And you kind of think, okay, well, if this is going to cure cancer, if this is going to not cure cancer, but reduce the yeah, totally. risk, heart disease, why is no one doing it? Yeah. And it's kind of, I say it's Some kind of like climate emotions. change yeah. in the fact that a lot of people are really hesitant. And then you have all this information and you're like, okay, everyone's living their life and not taking on stuff that could really like extend their longevity. And to me, I was young, I was impressionable. It was mind-blowing to watch people still eat meat and I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, do but they then, even know? Yeah, but then you kind <laughs> of realise, okay, everyone has a different perception of health. Also one diet, and I learned this from nutrition, one diet does not fit all. Absolutely. I've seen I, in my student clinic, I saw a lot of vegan girls, young girls come in who were not thriving, who vegan following vegan diet was actually depleting them. Yeah, right. And just it may be situational, but it's just one of those things that it's not for everyone. Absolutely. And so I think through that journey, I was like, okay, well, no, like I don't want to push on other people because if they're interested, I will talk about it till the cows come home. I love it. I'm still very passionate about it. But at the same time, I don't want to be one of those people that say you have to eat meat, otherwise you will die. Yeah. I mean, you have to avoid meat, sorry. (laughs) And and I I can totally attest to that. So for the listeners, um, just so you know, that I actually know Sheridan because she was one of the PTs at the gym that I used to go to. And I can totally attest to the fact that she did not preach veganism. She, As much as she's 100% in, (laughs) she didn't rant about it unless you asked. I don't think I actually told anyone at the gym. No, I'm pretty sure you didn't. I think you guessed it. I remember one day you guessed it and I was like, oh, how does he know? (laughs) Oh, We we had a lot of deep (laughs) chats in the gym. so. Um, So I've got two questions for you that every vegan gets asked yeah. and every vegan rolls their eyes at and I totally understand why. But for the non-vegan listeners that maybe aren't so sure, I want to know, I want you to share with us, where as a vegan do you get your protein from? Because yep. I'm sure you've heard that question a lot. And secondly, aren't you low on energy? Like where's that, you know, where you getting the energy from? Broccoli. Like, <laughs> so, you know, They're a lot the most, of people yeah, ask very those. two common, common questions and I suppose the protein question is something that you get very early on as being a vegan. People feel even your mum was concerned. Yeah, about people it. feel that you're gonna like all your muscles gonna go and you're gonna like shrivel into a skeleton. <laughs> a lot of people think that. Even my doctor, when I told him I was vegan, he's like, "Oh, you're a girl. All your muscles gonna go away. You're gonna die. Like yeah, you're right. gonna become protein deficient." And reality is, unless you honestly don't eat and you're malnourished, protein deficiency is very rare. Yeah, and protein like protein makes up virtually every living thing. Yeah. So, so I understand their fear. I'm not. I'm not discrediting the question. I think it's an important question for people that aren't aware of it. So it's a matter of education. Yeah, but it was, yeah. So protein, obviously you can get from legumes. Yep. So you can get from like um, lentils, to- tofu as well, tempeh. Also get it from grains. So a lot of brown rice has it. Quinoa, there are obviously higher plant sources than others. Yeah, of course. Um, so quinoa is actually complete protein and so is hemp. Yeah. 
However, yeah, hemp's, you, hemp's really coming up these yeah, days. Yeah, like, I'm very, I'm for it. I'm in, in so December, excited. In December at the convention center, they actually had the Hemp Expo. Yeah. Yeah. Did so you go? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I was working. But, I didn't go either. But yeah, like it's becoming really popular hemp protein. Yeah. Protein is also in a lot of vegetables. I'm not saying you can just live off vegetables, but a lot of fruit and vegetables, a lot of foods in that sense actually do have a type of protein. Yep. Nuts and seeds, really high in protein. It's just about being aware of what your protein requirements are and I'm not going to lie, being vegan or even having a specific diet and dietary requirements, you do have to prepare. Yep. So you just have to – I'm not saying you have to count your calories or your macros, but just be aware of, you know, maybe if I'm not having nuts and seeds or tofu or quinoa in my meal, add it in for some protein. Yeah, so it's right. just about being a bit more aware you can't just live off vegetables. Yeah, yeah. You've got to make the effort to actually yeah. factor in those things. Yeah, but it's the same if you eat meat as well. Some people – don't have a balanced diet and they still aren't vegan. Like it doesn't matter. Everyone has to kind of think about what they're eating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess th- this next question is something that we actually haven't discussed like outside of this podcast. So I'm actually super curious about the answer and coming from a place of passionate veganism. So you're now not completely vegan. So <laughs> after a bunch of years being vegan and being passionate and hundred percent in and as a nutritionist and a personal trainer, you're now not. So why the change? Why yeah, are you not I actually, vegan? wow, I sat on this for ages. It was not an easy decision. Right. Um, as you know, I was very 100% vegan, like to the point that I got rid of all my leather jackets. Yeah, RIP, well. it was a very hard decision. I love fashion. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was something that came up during um, my last semester actually of uni. Right. I just got really sick, um, really painful periods, really like just uncontrollable bad energy. I was constantly fatigued. I felt like I had glandular fever when I was younger and it felt like that times 10. There was just all these symptoms coming up and I was like, this is weird. Like at this point, my diet was spot on. Yeah, right. Like every person I went to was like, I can't fix your diet. Like you're doing everything right. And I was like, this is like, there has to be something else. Yeah. And so after doing a lot of research, it turned out that I was just lacking omega-3s. Right. You can get it through um, plant sources. However, naturally, a lot of vegan diets are higher in omega-6. Yeah, and, um, and you really need to take those in omega-3 and 6 in a balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just hard, so I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't aware of – I was aware, obviously, as nutrition of the differences, but I wasn't aware that I was not eating – consuming enough um, omega-3s. So it just got to a point where I sat down and also the conversion rate. A lot of animal sources have a quicker conversion rate in the body to use omega-3s yeah. compared to um, plant sources like chia seeds, flax seeds. Like, they're good and – not to say you can't get omega-3s, but the amount I needed yeah. was just too much. And I, I think that's a common misconception. A lot of people, you know, sort of say you can you can get the things in animal sources as you can, like, you know, say spinach. Yeah. People are like, you know, spinach yeah. is super high in protein, but the conversion rate metabolically yeah. and that's another, is like, very different. We'll talk about that a bit later as well, but yeah. it's really interesting, especially with omega-3s. A lot of people are like, oh, but I have so much flax. But it has to go down t- – in simple terms, it has to go down a chain. Yep. And so the animal products are at the lower chain that can quickly be converted into energy. Yeah. Where the like flaxseed has to go through a few metabolic phases, as you were saying. Yep. And so, yeah, I sat down. I actually went to a naturopath and she, like she could see I was like shaking. I'd never been so nervous. I knew what she was going to say. Yeah, right. And she said, have you ever considered um, – it wasn't even eating. It was supplementing fish oil. Yeah. And I just broke down tears. I was like, no, nah, not doing it. Like even now I'm like, I don't, I just. Is that because it was just so against your values at the time? I was just, as I said, I was hundred percent vegan is the way. Yeah. I just was so immersed in it. And I just, to me, I felt like a failure that I had changed my diet and still vegan wasn't good enough. Yeah. Right. And it was just you know, like, even now I'm getting like a bit upset, but it was just such a big deal. And I went home. I was like, she's stupid. What a stupid naturopath. <laughs> Took it all out on her. And she's like, she's beautiful. I still see her. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get another rice. 
I went to a doctor, holistic doctor, integrated doctor. He said the same thing. I was like, what? This is so weird. Like, why is everyone telling me this? And then finally I was like, no, I'm doing my own research. Like these people don't know what they're talking about. And they were right. (laughs) So it took me, and even then it took me a few months to actually start supplementing. And I sat on it and I told a few friends and my boyfriend and my mom. And obviously they're all supportive. Like the reason I went vegan was for my health. Obviously afterwards, environmental and ethic were quite strong as well. But I always did made like a deal to myself that if my health health is ever jeopardized, I can't be the best person to even promote veganism. What's the point? Yeah, right. So I started just by taking supplements and then it got to the point where cost-wise being a uni student, it just wasn't efficient. And I weighed up the pros and cons and I could just get the same amount of omega-3 by introducing eggs. Yeah, right. So long story short, I now (laughs) eat eggs and a little bit of fish every now and then. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. So... On the supplement conversation, so you, you went from supplementing it and now you're not supplementing it, you're getting it from eggs, is that yes, right? Yeah. Um, in regards to other vegans and potentially yourself in the past, what are some supplements that you would, as a nutritionist, advise that vegans make sure that they're getting? I definitely know the most common ones, B12. Yeah. Uh, B12 super hard to get in sufficient amounts from a plant-based diet and yeah. every vegan I know is on a B12 supplement. So, yes, from a supplement point of view, what would you recommend as a nutritionist and what else have you had to supplement yourself? Yep. Um, I, even though I'm nutritionist, I wouldn't always say supplementing is the first choice. I do definitely recommend, and I thank my mum to this day that she said get blood tests. So I got one before going vegan, which was a really good baseline for me. I was already low in so many things. So to me, that was a massive eye-opener because we just don't get it enough. A lot of people, when I was doing shooting clinic, didn't have blood tests since they were kids. Yeah, right. And it's just I think it's a really pivotal thing to do because then you kind of realise, okay, where I'm, where I'm at. Because yeah, you if, can you, be, if you don't know what's happening, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, like you don't know where to start. Um, so I think that's a to me, as soon as someone talks about being plant-based or vegan, I say, make sure you've had blood tests. I mean, I'm I'm very, not OCD, but I like to do every six months, but a year yeah. is fine as well. And then you know where to start. The common nutrients that people are more deficient in as going plant-based yep. are calcium. Yep. That's a massive one. And I know the calcium dairy fight is a bit yeah. of a controversial thing. It's not saying that you can only get calcium from dairy, but again, we just don't eat enough of the plant sources to get totally calcium. Yeah, yeah. and and there are a lot of marketing myths, which is another totally yeah, another conversation. It is. We could talk about that around, <laughs> around dairy and calcium and yeah, strong but bones. calcium is 
regardless of that whole conversation, dairy is still quite an essential nutrient. Yep. So again, there are lots of plant sources. You can also get fortified tofu, yep. which is actually set in calcium. So it's a high amount of calcium. Yep. Um, if you are going down that fortified route, there's also fortified cereals and fortified plant milk. So a lot of almond milk now and soy milk is fortified with calcium. Yeah, right. Um, is that is that considered like a supplementary form because in the yeah, fortification? So it, yeah. yeah, I thought it might yeah, be. So it's yeah, so still a synthetic form of calcium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose going back to the different nutrients, so calcium is one of them. Vitamin A is yeah. a common underdog with nutrients. A lot of people just don't really think about it. Yeah, right. It is so important. Yeah. So I always tell a lot of people going vegan or plant-based, you will need more vitamin A. Like it's because, again, it's that process. So it actually uses carotenoids, yep. which is not the active form. Yeah. And so the animal form has the uh, animal has the active form. Yeah. So again, it's just you need a bit more for that body to convert it. So the easiest way is greens and orange, as in orange foods. Yeah. Or yellow orangey foods have a lot of vitamin K. Yeah, absolutely. It's not that it's not that you fall deficient a lot, but that being said, it's such an important nutrient that you don't want to have low levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other ones, I suppose, are zinc, obviously iron. I'll yeah, go into of that. Course. And vitamin D. Yep. So zinc, again, it's one of those things where a lot of humans, regardless of what they eat, are a little bit deficient on the lower side just because it's not found in a lot of our foods anymore. So our soil has kind of lost its um, value, I suppose, and it's been degraded for a long time. So yeah. we don't have a lot, but it is high in animal products. It still can be found in nuts and seeds. And again, it's not something that you have to overdose in, but it's something to just be aware of that, you know, making sure you're having those nuts and seeds. A, you get protein, you get healthy fats, and you get your zinc. Um, and the other two are the more common ones, I suppose, are vitamin D and iron, as yeah. B12, as you talked about. I always recommend vegans or anyone considering, even vegetarians, going um, on a B12 supplement. You can they, the storage levels is quite high, so you can go without supplementing. But I just think, especially vegan diets, unless you're having fortified foods, it's I wouldn't say nearly impossible, but it's such an important nutrient that you don't want to be deficient in that. Oh, absolutely! And you can actually get irreversible side effects. And it's just one of those things that's so easy to supplement, so cheap. It's a very cheap supplement. It's just to me, it's a commitment you have to make if you're going vegan. And I think people don't realize because a lot of people, it's, you could say this about most diets, but when they go vegan, they feel great for a while. But it's it's often because, just as you said, the storage in the body is so good. Yep. So they go vegan, they've made their emotional decision to live yep. that way, and then the side effects, maybe similar to your case, of going vegan, don't come for a couple of years because the body stores animal protein yep. super well, and they don't. And people then don't associate their energy energy depletion or illness yep. or whatever it is with actually going vegan because they're like, no, nah, I made that change two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Because and that's the body stores it so well. Yeah, and that's exactly, especially with B-top and iron, a lot of people like get that honeymoon phase like I did. Like I felt great. Also mentally, placebo, as we know, is very powerful. You feel especially good when because you believe in it so you're helping much. the animals, you're helping the environment, you're helping your health. Totally. And I'm not saying... All, it, all of which are important Yeah, things. I'm not saying veganism isn't real. It is. It yep. does definitely make a massive difference to your health, but you are living on cloud nine a little bit. You're so happy. You're so like euphoric. And then, yeah, as you said, your stores kind of get low. But hopefully, if you do get the blood test every like 12 months, you can catch it before it gets too low. But vitamin D, as I was saying before, vitamin D is one of those important ones. And again, it's not just vegans. A lot of Australians are yeah, quite low absolutely. in it. Absolutely. Most Australians yeah. are low in it's vitamin D. It's up to you. D. I mean, if you're a beach baby or like the sun, you can get a lot during summer and then your store, your stores throughout winter will help you. Um, otherwise, you can supplement again. It's a cheap one and... They actually do a lot of free testing because we are quite low in it in Australia. So it's not something that's a hassle to get done. Yeah, and it's being contributed to cancer diagnoses yeah. and all these different mental types of health things. as well. Like yeah, there's so much going on. That- 
Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to change gears here a little from the food-based stuff. So I know after spending many hours with you in the gym, and it was often just you and I, that we had a a few fairly deep gym conversations into psychology. So I'm really interested to hear you, your perspective as a health practitioner about where mental health or the mental state of an individual ranks in level of importance and relevance on their health journey and why. Well, being holistic nutritionist, I don't believe that one thing is more important than the other. I kind of look at health as a circle or a pie chart and they're all different sections. They right. all, they obviously, the percentage will change depending on situational lifestyle. There's some things you can't control. I do think mental health has a massive role in obviously what you eat, but it's kind of like catch-22. Like yeah. If you're not eating well, your mental health is not well, but then if your mental health is not well, you're not eating well. So I think, again, like everyone has a different percentage of that pie chart will be different for everyone. But I do kind of think that's really important to check in with yourself regularly just so you can be like, okay, well, you know what? Like I'm eating really well, but something's not right. Like my mental health, I'm having anxiety or I'm not sleeping well. And then you can kind of outsource what's going on. Because yeah, I think right. a lot of people get fixated on just eating well or just going to the gym where it's not just a one thing fixes all. Yeah, of course. And as you know, like, yes, it's awesome to eat well and really good to exercise well. But if you're not taking that time to check in or eat, I'm not saying everyone has to become a yogi meditator, <laughs> but if you're not taking that time to look after yourself, the rest is just, it doesn't really count. And in in regards to making that comment about being a, a medita- meditator, um, if people aren't into meditation, like what are some options people would look to to check in with themselves and to make sure they're checking in with themselves regularly? Well, confession, I'm not a meditator. I've been told meditation's awesome. I've done a lot of research. I know the benefits, but I struggle. I actually I actually committed on January 1 this year <laughs> to meditate every single How's day. How's it going? Yeah, I haven't missed a day yet. See, that's good. I'm yep. jealous. I, I think I've meditated in total because yep. I'm using the Headspace app. Yep. I, think I've, I think this morning it said four and a half hours yep. I've meditated so far. Wow, that's good. It, I find it very difficult, Yeah. but I'm committing to the whole year. I, I think it's good. Like, I definitely think everyone can benefit from, benefit from it, but it's one of those things that it's a massive commitment. And so I've done it myself. I've kind of worked out what gives me similar feelings. So meditation, as you know, is just letting you be with your thoughts, relaxing and calming those thoughts. So for me, hiking is a massive form of meditation. Nice. Sometimes I go by myself, even just walking, and I'll kind of do the same as meditation. My eyes are open, obviously, so I don't falling over. Yeah, of course. But I do just but sit you're with there. Yourself. Yeah, and I do meditate. I meditate in waves. So sometimes, like, I've been doing it recently. But, yeah, I do find that you kind of have your own thing. For some people, it's music. For some people, it's playing music. For some people, it's learning a language, just sitting down, reading a book. It's just taking that time to switch off, but also being present of what's around you. So I think it's finding that. It takes a while. As I said, like, I'm still trying. I'm hoping one day I'll become a little yogi meditator. (laughs) But, yeah, it's finding what you can deal with, I suppose, to calm your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And, yeah. and where I think most of society is still in a place where they don't really understand the significance of mental yeah. health on their physical health. Yeah. Um, and especially people that live in, you know, or work in full-time super stressful jobs or super stref- stressful lives or relationships. We just think that's stuff we're meant to get through and then be, you know, okay yeah. on the other side. And, you know, it has long-term impacts. Definitely. I think the biggest thing is just not to give up. Like just keep trying what works for you. Like I think we get caught up especially in social media, of, oh, that person's meditating, I must meditate too. That necessarily doesn't mean that you're the same person as them. So try and find what works for you. Like there's a lot of coloring adult books. I've actually never done one, but they look really soothing. I've heard they're amazing. I'm sure you can meditate during that. Reading a book, listening to an audio, listening to this podcast, who knows? Like it just, everyone is so different. It may be surfing. It could be like fishing. And I just think we're so quick to try and be like everyone else. Yeah, I agree. Embrace 
your like embrace your unique thing and if it's doing crossword or sudoku sudoku on the train before you go to work and you find peace in that do it Absolutely. I actually have two that are completely kind of opposite. So my number one, which I can't do at the minute, which is I usually love a float going into a sensory deprivation tank. Um, and also my drumming. I'm a drummer. So I, I love that, that rhythmic, just rhythmic consistency for ages. Like it can just get lost in it. Like they seem to be polar opposites. One's like complete silence, one's complete loudness. But yeah, well, I've, I'm similar. Like I love a good sweat search. Like when I'm like jumping around and getting angry, yeah. uh, like boxing, totally. I find like I'm in this euphoric state meditation like sometimes i'm just like oh my god i feel so calm yeah but then the same like i can just sit there and just like touch a tree when i'm hiking and be like oh yeah but they're so different totally like, but they, 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 they serve the same <laughs> yeah function. and it doesn't matter what it is i think like it's a very unique experience yeah yeah no one else is in your head but you like you have to find what works for you totally so i guess we're about to wrap up but before we do that let's tell the listeners where they can find you online um, so you can find me on Sheridan Hauser with three R's on Instagram. It's also Life by Sheridan Hauser on Facebook. And I also have a website, SheridanHauser.com. No worries. And I really want everybody to follow Sheridan on Instagram because she had the unfortunate <laughs> event happen where she was hacked. Her account was 10,000. She had 10,000 followers. Her account was hacked and deleted and she's had to just recently start again. So yeah, massive learning curve, but that's okay. We're getting there. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> all right. So I'll put it all in the show notes so you can easily find us. And we'd be super grateful too. If you've learned anything today or you know someone that could benefit from today's show, then please take a screenshot of this episode. And if you post it on your Instagram, Instagram story, be sure to tag both Sheridan and myself as it really helps the podcast grow. And we can see also who is checking out the episode. Um, and the whole point of it ideally is that it creates more healthy humans in the world. And of course, <laughs> hopefully we can help Sheridan create another big online healthy community like she had before. So I appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Maddie. No worries, anytime. And we'll get you back on another day, oh, I'm please. sure. Oh, please. We've got so much to talk about. <laughs> be my first guest. So I'm really grateful for that. So thanks so much and all the best. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much. And I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.